Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. So go and put it in your, your rotation. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, if you have a Bible, we're gonna be in Second Corinthians chapter three, or chapter ten, excuse me, verses three through five. Uh, I'll I'll read three through five, but uh, I have five up on the screen. But tonight I want to talk about reframing. Somebody say reframe. reframe. So uh, one of the things the Lord put in my heart was. Um, getting uh getting our perspective right um or reframing is what i like to call it um, but second corinthians chapter 10 paul talks about verse 3 he says for although we live in the flesh and you probably know this you probably heard it growing up although we live in the flesh we do not wage war according to the flesh verse 4 since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but are powerful through god for the demolition of strongholds we demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And I love this last part in verse five. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Amen. 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 Paul says that we are to take our thoughts captive and make our thoughts obey Christ. If you look at, I think in the New Living Translation, verse five, it says we, we teach our thoughts to obey Christ. And I just, I, I love that. To, to that we have the power to do that. You have the power that every thought, every random thought, every distraction, every, uh, you know, when we get off focus or get off course, we have the power to take those thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. You know, the definition for reframe is to construct or build up in a different way, to build something in a different way than what is originally built. Another word for reframing is it's a, it's a bigger word. But another word for reframing is cognitive restructuring. Cognitive restructuring. Cognitive restructuring. Or better yet for tonight, cognitive reframing. And all this is, it's, it's a therapeutic process that helps you and I discover, challenge, modify, or replace are negative and irrational thoughts and distortions. It's a way for us to replace all the bad thoughts, all the idle thoughts, all the, all the distortions in our mind by reframing what goes on in our mind, amen? Cognit cognitive distortions, they're eternal uh, mental filters or biases that increase our misery and our anxiety. So a lot of times our anxiety, it's, it's uh, you know, the distortions in our life. And, you know, if you don't know this, but a distortion, it's the act of twisting something out of context. You know, sometimes there's good distortion, sometimes there's bad distortion. You know, if you plug a guitar into an amplifier before you plug it, or you can plug it in and, you know, you can strum it and it sounds like a normal guitar. But when you hit the distortion button on it, it goes from a normal guitar to a, to a, to a mighty roar. And a lot of times... If we're not careful, the devil will use circumstances, he'll use people, he'll use our emotions, he'll use food, 
He'll use movies. He'll use music. He'll 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 use the fact that you may have uh, you 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 know your shoe. I I had this happen one time. Uh, I was getting ready to work a route, and I looked down, and my shoe was untied. And I was like, ah, oh, now I gotta stop. And this is gonna take a little time. And, and you know, and it just it became a snowball of just that one moment of my shoe being untied to the point that I I felt like that I was not gonna be able to finish my route because here was another thing that I was gonna have to stop and take care of. But that was a distorted mindset because all it was in the natural, the shoe was just untied. Just bend down, tie your shoe, and keep on going. But the devil will use little things like that to create a snowball of our emotions, of our mindset, to where we defeat ourselves. Amen? Because understand this, the devil has no power. So therefore, if we're defeated, it's not because he's defeated us. It's not because he threw the blows at us. It's because we have beaten up our own selves. We've defeated ourselves. We've punched ourselves. We've, we've knocked our own selves out. We TKO'd. Amen. Cognitive distortions, they, they, they fuel your anxiety. They, they make us feel bad about ourselves. They do all these different things. In order for you to experience distortions in your mind, Obviously, you have to twist or alter something out of its natural contents. So let me give you some examples of when we twist stuff in our mind. Discounting the positive. Discounting the positive. When, when something goes right, you know, say you get a promotion, you acknowledge it but refuse to take credit. Instead, you chalk it up to luck or a mistake. You know, you, you find $20 on the ground instead of being like, you know, thanking the Lord. And be like, Lord, thank you for this money. Ah, oh, you know, so, yeah, well, there was, there was 100 people out here, so it was bound the money to fall out somewhere. I, you, know, I, you know, the odds were somebody was going to pick it up, you know. You know, that's, you know, so discounting the positive in your life, and we're all guilty of that. You know, if somebody gives you a compliment, oh, well, you know, and we call it being humble, oh, it wasn't me. The Spirit of God is in you. He gives you the wisdom to do your jobs. He gives you the wisdom to, to drive a vehicle. You know, Miranda, thank you for getting us here safely. Oh, you know, the red lights just worked in my favor, you know. There weren't no Smokies out, so I was able to go a little bit over. No, at the end of the day, the Spirit of God empowers you to drive your car. So there's nothing wrong with receiving a compliment. Now, if somebody compliments you, be like, oh, well, you know, keep it going, you know. What you say, I put some capitalize on it, put some caps on it, put it, let me, let me hear the echo, everybody, let's go, come on, let the chorus sing, you know, don't be like that. But ultimately, don't discount the positive things in your life. You know, another example of a cognitive distortion or a distortion in our mind is when we engage in catastrophic thinking, when you expect the worst outcome in any situation. Like, for example, when I talked about my shoelace being untied and I chalked it up to I'm not going to be able to finish this route and my superior superiors were going to be upset with me and this is going to be a demerit on my record and all these different things. You know, uh, when we when we expect the worst outcome in any situation, that was an example. Another one is if someone doesn't answer your phone call automatically, you think they've been in a car wreck. I know some people like, you know, I know this one person that was like, oh, you didn't answer my phone. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. Just like I'll just make sure you weren't pulled over in a ditch somewhere. No, <laughs> my hands were greased up, and I just you know I pay a lot for my phone, so I needed to wash my hands first. Or you know, my favorite is if I'm if I'm walking at work, and sometimes it's just hard to get to it. I carry a lot of different things. Hold on, I gotta stop. 
you know, thermometer stick on the ground, but stake it to where it's in the grass, secure, you know, tuck the handheld under here, wipe my hands off all the dirt, and then reach in, you know, especially if it's right. So a lot of times, you know, if we, you know, we, we distort things in our mind, an example of that is when we expect the worst from others in every situation. Women spent, you know, things go bad. You know, uh, the, you get a flat tire. Oh, man. I bet you the engine's messed up, too. No. Just had a flat tire. You know, it's, and, you know, we, we laugh, but ultimately we all are guilty of, you know, expecting or jumping to conclusions or, you know, expecting the worst outcome in any situation. Another cognitive distortion is emotionally reasoning when we rely on our gut or our feelings instead of the spirit of God. When we rely on our feelings instead of the spirit of God, well, it feels like it could be like this. So, okay, I'm going well, to make a move based off of how, how I feel about this. Well, last time I checked, we, if we place our trust in Jesus, we're not called to walk by our feelings. We're called to walk by faith. Amen. Faith, faith moves even when faith can't see it. Even when you can't see it, faith moves. Amen. Peter was able to walk on water for a split second based off of his faith in Jesus. When he took his eyes off, that's when he began to drown. And then you notice the scripture doesn't say that's when he fell in the water, but he was still staying afloat. No, he was drowning. This fisherman who already knew how to swim. You ever think about that? That's the power of faith in our feelings. You get lost in your feelings and you can't even do what you naturally know how to do right. This fisherman, I mean, you can't tell me a fisherman for, you know, all of his life didn't know how to swim. You know, that's like, you know, that's like a, a carnivore saying he doesn't know how to eat. You know, that's like, you know, a musician saying they don't know how to play. Like that's, that's a, you know, a taxi driver or Uber driver saying they don't know how to drive. Something that they are known for and be able to do best. This fisherman who knew how to swim when he got lost in his feelings, he couldn't even do what he naturally knew how to do. What are, we, what, are we, what are we forgetting how to do when we get lost in our feelings? You know, instead of getting lost in your feelings, trust in Jesus. Another distortion in our mind is jumping to conclusions. When we jump to conclusions. Another one is polarized thinking. To break this one down, this kind of thinking deals in its streams. People in situations are either great or terrible. There's no in-between. You either believe you're either destined for success or you're destined for failure. You never allow room for balance. It's either, you know, the greatest or the worst. There's never an in-between in your life. That's, that's polarized thinking. So why should we take time to reframe these things? The reason why, because Paul said it in verse 5. He said that we are supposed to be taking every thought captive and making those thoughts obey Christ. I remember one of the first sermons I preached in here, I talked about the power of the swipe. You know, sometimes you got to swipe, you know, and it, it was cute. We may have did it for a few weeks, maybe a month, but I believe we, we got, you got to get back to swiping past those thoughts and pull down the right thought. Pull down the right thought. Why? Because literally your body will flow based off of what you are thinking. You think a certain thing and your body's going to flow towards it. I'll give you a prime example this morning. I was running late for work. And I'm barreling. I won't. I won't. I won't divulge my uh, my, my my speed information. I did to Dre, and I got the shade from Dre, and I was like, "Girl, hush." Okay, I don't need. I don't need your shade, Dre Nell. But uh, but I'm barreling down 412 in the dark, and I'm praying. I mean, I'm praying in tons and praying and, and bonding the smoky that would usually sit at the county line and clock 
<laughs> I said, in the name of Jesus, there will not be any lights over there because there's not a vehicle over there. There's not even a vehicle pulled over because it was stranded. I think yeah, the pathway is clear. I mean, I'm, I'm going in, you know, but also I'm like, Lord, you blessed me with this job, so I thank you. You provided me to get there on time. I mean, like, you know, I remind the Lord, like, you gave me this. All right, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm running late for work. And, uh, and you know, normally I have this routine before I go anywhere. I check my pockets, wallet, keys, phone. And then uh, now I've added headphones. So sometimes if you ever see me, I, I do, the, do the whole thing. I'm like, wallet, keys, phone, headphones, and I'm out the door because those are my essentials. Um, yes, have, earbuds are essentials for, for me. And uh, as I'm driving, uh, I, get to, I, get, I get right on the county line, and I was like, keys, yeah, wallet, phone, headphones. Headphones. I couldn't feel my headphones. And I remembered when I was looking for mom's keys this morning because I lost mom's keys and I was trying to find them. I remember I threw everything out of my pocket into the back seat. So I'm like, okay, well maybe they're back there. So as I'm driving, stretching my long arms back there, can't feel the headphones. So I turn the dome light on, can't see it. So I'm like, so all I could think about from the county line all the way to 604 Royal Street is what am I going to do about listening to music? or sermons, or podcasts, or how am I going to answer the phone? You know, like any normal person would do, just answer it. But me, I'm like, no, I need the headphones. To the point that I go to work, get, fill my cooler with ice, can't really talk to anybody, because all I can think about is what time does Walmart open so I could go buy some headphones real quick, some, just some cheap earbuds to get me through the day. And then I'm thinking about, okay, do I have a way to charge it? And every thought that was supposed to be about my job got put on the shelf, because all I could focus on was this one thought. And because I was focused on this one thought, everything in my body was directed to that, to the point that I, you know, my normal snack time, I, I skipped that so I could have time to run to Walmart. And I, I timed it out to where, I mean, everything that I was doing was based off of this one thought. Whatever you are thinking, however you're thinking, your body will line up in that direction. So that's why it's important that, okay, if I'm thinking thoughts, make sure that these thoughts are the kind of thoughts that glorify Jesus versus in, uh, versus distort my flesh or distort my emotions or distort or play along with my insecurities or my weaknesses or all the different things I'm self-conscious of. Paul said that we take our thoughts captive and make them obey Christ. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. You can't control what happens to you. In this life, Jesus said there will be trouble. There will be offenses. People will offend you. People will upset you. Life will upset you. Things will happen. But at the end of the day, you can control how you frame it. Y'all know I'm not a, a big fan of preaching the scripture of the day, but in the midst of me rushing out the door, I want to show you what the scripture of the day was today. It was, it was most fitting. It's Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Most of us know it. Paul says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Think. So we can become new people by the way we think if we allow him to change our thinking. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I love that word, perfect. So reframing, creating a different way of looking at a situation, person, or relationship by changing its meaning. Understand this, reframing, uh, it's the same as saying reinterpreting the meaning of our lives based on God's truth. 
reinterpret the meaning of your life based on God's truth. Sometimes you have to go back there. Sometimes I have to go back there. Lord, okay, Lord, I'm here in this town. Lord, what, what, in your will, why am I here? Lord, in your will, why am I at this job? Lord, in your will, why, why is my kid going through this? Lord, in your will, why do I wrestle with these emotions? In your will. And by me asking that, it's, by, it's me saying, okay, Lord, what, remind me of what your will is and show me where I play a role in it. Show me what I, what I, where I play at. Show, show me where I'm at in this. That way I can remind myself when those emotions rise up. No, 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 no. Papa told me this. And therefore I get to take those thoughts captive. Amen. We get to take those thoughts captive. So here's how we reframe our, uh, here's how we, here's how we reframe. Three steps. Number one, thank God for what didn't happen. Thank God for what didn't happen. Something happened earlier today. I told Kelsey, I said, but oh, oh, when she was driving home this morning. And uh, or and she said, well, you know, we, you know, we're at mile marker, you know, something, something. I said, but you could still be at the hotel struggling. She said, yeah, that's true. That's true. She said, but they didn't, you know, we, we pulled in the coffee shop. They didn't have this, this, this. I said, but it could, they, they could have been closed. I said, you could have had to get, you know, hotel coffee. I, I mean, I don't know. I was just naming, I was naming other scenarios that were worse than what she was experiencing. So, therefore, here's how we reframe our mind. Number one, thank God for what didn't happen. Man, I was late for work. But you didn't have a wreck. Oh, the, the grocery store was out of, you know, milk. But you still have a fridge full of other items. Or you're not allergic to milk. Or, you know, or, you know the, the grocery store was out of peanut butter. You know, the grocery store was out of eggs. Thank God that now I can, I'm not allergic to eggs anymore. I mean, like, there's so many other ways that we can, we can acknowledge and thank God for what didn't happen. Amen? You know, uh, number two, practice pre-framing. Pre-framing. P-R-E. Framing. F-R-A-M-I-N-G. Practice pre-framing. Pre-framing is when we set the expectations before the encounter. When we set the expectations before the encounter. Example would be as when a teacher may say to his or her class, some of you know exactly how this works and the rest of you will be pleasantly surprised as you learn more and see your misconceptions about this subject with a new understanding. When we set the expectations before the encounter. Hey, you may have read this before, but I, I fully believe when you read it, you are going to experience the spirit of God. That's pre-framing. You know, I, I do that with every scripture. I say some of y'all may know it, but guess what? As we read it again, you're going to see a new thing. That's what pre-framing is. You can pre-frame when you get ready to go to work. Hey, I was here. I was just here yesterday, but today is a new day full with new mercies, new grace. And guess what? I'm getting ready to walk in new mercy, new grace on a new day. You have pre-framed your day. Well, Lindsay, tomorrow's just another Thursday. It's not just another Thursday. If you don't get nothing, get, get this. Tomorrow is not a, another Thursday. You know why? Tomorrow is a new Thursday with new grace, new mercy. Lindsay, I still got the same people then you get a new opportunity to be around some people that you were around yesterday. Amen? Pre-framing. I'm pretty sure DeShadron's heard of this and, and, uh, as a teacher. Pre-framing, setting the expectations before the encounter. Amen? Amen? So we said how we reframe our life. Number one, thank God for what didn't happen. 
Number two, practice pre-framing, which is setting expectations before the encounter. And then number three, look for God's goodness. Amen? Look for God's goodness. In every situation, you can find God's goodness. You really can if you look for it. Lindsay, I don't, I don't know how to look for it. Then just say, okay, Lord, show me, show me where you're good at in this, in this scenario. Show me where you're good at in this person. Lord, show me where you're good at in this job. Lord, show me your goodness. Remind me of your goodness. And trust me, he has no problem reminding you of his goodness. He's not up in heaven like, ah, you know, I'm a little shy. I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't know. Michael, should we show him? No. <laughs> Roll that beautiful heaven footage. Let's go. I mean, like, he's got no problem reminding you <laughs> of his goodness. <laughs> I thought y'all liked that. <laughs> But Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 19 through 20, he said that God's visible attributes, we've talked about this before, but God's visible attributes are in the, God's invisible attributes, excuse me, are in the visible attributes. What does that mean, Lindsay? It means God's character. We can't see God, but his character is revealed in everything that he's created. James says that everything good and perfect comes from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation. So therefore, guess what? You get an early paycheck, that should remind you of, oh man, God, you know, once again, you are, you are blessing me in ways that I never, that I didn't even expect. You get an early, somebody just slides you a little something, something, little, just a little, little love off, oh, Lord. God, just like, just, just like they didn't have to, it was just like you, you didn't have to die on the cross for me. You didn't have to take my place. When somebody takes care of you or, or you know, if, if they, the grocery store has the item that they didn't have last week, Lord, thank you. Once again, you provided for me. While you are faithful to your promise, God's goodness can be seen in everything and everywhere if we choose to look for it. Amen. You get around the kids at Montessori or the kids, you know, other people's little kids. And, you know, at the end of the day, the ones that make you joyous, make you chuckle, make you roll your eyes. But at the same time you laugh, you're like, Lord, even you have a sense of humor. Even you, I, I mean, there's, you can see God in everything and everywhere. Amen? Amen. So let me close with this. Good news is our mind is not carved in stone. Your mind is not carved in stone. What does that mean? It means that the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, that is not your testimony. You know, the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, nope, that's not your testimony. Why? Because you have the mind of Christ. That means your old mindset has been buried and you have been given a new life in Christ. And guess what? It starts over every, every day. Every day newness newness goodness and mercy the bible says that goodness and mercy it follows us follows us the other day i was working this route i didn't even tell mom about this i forgot to but the other day i was working this route and uh this particular neighborhood it had two businesses one was a scrap metal place and the other was the recycle place i read the meters for the scrap metal place go to the recycle place and normally where this meter is at the recycling place it's right here it's right here along the corner there's a fence probably where the shadron is, you know, the gates and the dog, the big black lab is on the other side of the fence, chained up. So, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm in a hurry. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm making moves. I'm feeling good. You know, prayed a little bit as I was walking. I mean, a few neighbors looked at me weird because I'm just bloco, toso, shunnededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededededed
I hear, where's that dog at? I don't hear barking. So then, then I perked up, say, hey, whoa. <laughs> so I kind of step back, and I see something move over to the side. And I look, and there it is. I say, oh, okay, they put it in a weird spot. I wonder why it's there. And I notice that it freely moves about. I say, like, oh, it's not chained up. And it doesn't make a sound, and it just hunkers down like this. <sighs> and I was like, hey, what you doing? What you doing? <sighs> like out of the gate. Took out running after. I was like, oh, we doing this. I kind of hop a little bit just to see, and I move past the gates and all that to say, okay, it probably won't go past. Oh, it chased me. Chased me four houses down. Four how This dog is following me. I'm talking about Lindsay was sprinting, not like, I was, I mean, it was, I jumped over a bush. It went around the bush coming out. I was like, get away from me. I went all the way down this one street just to get away from this dog that was following me. And finally, when it was done, it walked back up to the, you know, the recycling place. And I'm out of breath. I go back to the truck. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> I was, Lord, you didn't tell me it was going to be like that this morning. <laughs> like, because you gave me a warning, Lord. But, you know, I finished the neighborhood, go back up, and it's the last minute. I'm like, I got to read it. And I was like, let me, let me just see. Maybe, maybe they would have chained it back up. And I get out of the truck, close the truck. Nope, it's going to be a skip. It's a bad dog, bad dog. That's, a, that's the reason I put. But this dog locked eyes on me and was willing to follow me despite its boundaries, despite its comfortable state. When it comes to the goodness and mercy of God, it follows you. It, follow, it goes beyond what you think it would. It goes beyond what you think you deserve. The goodness and mercy of God, it goes, it goes far, far, far. Well, David said that there's nowhere we can escape the love of God. If there's nowhere that we can escape the love of God, then understand this. His goodness and mercy, it will follow you, and it is, it is inescapable, amen? Inescapable. And, we, and when we think about this, this is how we reshape our mind to remind ourselves, okay, listen, I, I may not be perfect. I may have missed it here. I may have missed it there. But still God's goodness, it covers the slack. It covers the difference. It makes up the difference. It's the silver lining in my life. Jesus is our silver lining to where we have those days where we're just low and sulking and all these different things. Jesus is still the one interceding for us and says, hey, I got you. Just just grab a hold of my hand and let me, let me leave you in the path of righteousness for my name's sake. Let me, let me walk with you as you are going through the storm. Let me, let me be your lily as you're in this valley. Let me be with you on the mountaintop. Let me be with you in every area of your life as you're planning out your life, as you're planning out a wedding, as you're planning out your job, as you're planning out your groceries. Let me be with you. Let me guide you. Let me navigate you. Amen. This is what he does, his goodness, it follows us. It follows us not to judge us, not to point the finger, not to be there and say, hey, I told you so when you fell. No, so it can be there and follow us and surround us, amen? amen. David said that we walk in perfect peace if we keep our mind on him, our mind. So guess what, you want your anxiety and stress and blood pressure, talking to myself, we want those things to go down, we have to keep our mind on him, keep our mind on him. What is it that you're stressing about? Put it on the shelf and say, okay, Lord, right now, if you had to literally say this out loud, Lord, I'm putting this physically on the shelf in my mind, and I'm picking up your word. Your word says that I'm the head and not the tail. Lord, your word says that I am forgiven. Your word says I am blessed. Your word says that I am not forsaken. And if you had to keep saying that, I thank you right now, I'm not forsaken. 
Lord, even in this moment of stress and anxiety, I'm not forsaking. You're with me. Lord, this did not surprise you. This does not surprise you. I have to say that over and over. Lord, I thank you. This does not surprise you. Lindsay, I have to tell myself, Lindsay, this don't surprise God. He's got a plan for this. Lindsay, this don't surprise God. He's got a plan for this. Lindsay, this does not surprise. I mean, I have to say it until, whether Brother Norval and Miss Zona say, say it, say it, say it until, until finally your heart's like, yeah, okay. Until your heart comes into agreement with it. So let me give you some more. Let me give you some more food to put on your to-go plate, aka some things you can take home and chew on. Every disadvantage has an advantage. Every disadvantage has an advantage. Every season is seasonal. Every season is seasonal. We know it best as this too shall pass. Amen. This too shall pass. Another one is your mindset is your choice. Your mindset, it's your choice. Nobody else can make you feel the way you feel. Ooh, the way you make me feel. Nope, the way you choose to feel. The way you choose to feel. They got the song wrong. All right, we're going to sing it right. Ooh, the way I choose to feel. <laughs> Logotherapy. Logotherapy is the idea that your life holds meaning regardless of your circumstances. Your life holds meaning regardless of your circumstances. I like to add this as a child of God because God loves us first, because we're made in his image, because there is oxygen in your body, you will always have purpose. Because there is oxygen in your body, you will always have purpose. Amen. Amen. So understand this, there will always be external forces working against us. Jobs we want but don't get. Rain that spoils, pitnets, car crashes, overdrafts. Unacquitted love, lost loved ones, lost games, etc. The key to coming out on top is how we react to them. Because although we cannot control the external forces, we can, we can, we can control our responses to them. Amen. We can control our responses and we can control our attitudes to them. Reinterpret the meaning for your life through God's word. You want to know what your life is supposed to be about? Find it in the gospel. Find it in the word. Say, Lord, before you read, Lord, show me where I'm at in this. Show me where I'm at. You may open up the story of Noah and you're reading about Noah. Lord, show, show, show me the similarities in my life in this. Show, show me how I'm supposed to overcome this as, I'm, as you're reading the word. And it may be a whole story. It may be a verse. It may be three chapters or it may just be one line. But give God that space to do it. Amen. That's one of the things we're working on with our children, especially. It's so funny. It's so funny to watch Kellen. I'll go and I'll go and say this for the record. It's so funny to watch Lindsey Jr. when he's playing soccer. Everybody says Lindsey Jr. I've been like, no, no, and finally I'm like, okay. He did. He, and listen, Mom said something tonight. She said, "Y'all know Lindsey Jr." and she began to say something. And Kellen said, "Who me?" And I'm like, "Kellen, <laughs> you ain't supposed, <laughs> Kellen, <laughs> Kellen, you ain't helping, Daddy." So. <laughs> Yeah, he does know who he is. And bless his heart, we're working, we're teaching all three. Really, Cohen, you can't, not yet. But we're especially killing. But in the soccer game, if he misses or if the other team gets a point, oh, Lord, he gets, he gets hot. Not like sweaty hot, like <sighs> he makes the face. He makes the legend. <sighs> and if somebody else misses the, the play and the other team scores, Sit on the side like Kellen, Kellen, 
And he'll look at me and point at them. I was like, breathe. <laughs> breathe. And that's when he'll do this. <sighs> and then walk back up to the line. And I'm just like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> and we'll get to the car. And he'll tell, Daddy, did you not see so-and-so? I said, I saw that. And it made me so mad. And you got mad at me for getting mad. I said, that's right. Think about this sentence. I said, listen, you're right. They should not have missed it. Y'all went over it in practice. They, I don't, they fell asleep out there. He said, they did, Daddy. I said, they did fall asleep. I said, but Kellen, listen, you cannot react that way. And one time I pre-framed I pre a game for him. I told him, I said, listen, I pulled to him. I said, listen, buddy, you and me both know this player, he ain't going to run when the coach says run. We, I went through the whole team. I said, I said, you know this player, as soon as he gets the ball, he's going to go the other way. He did it last game. He does it every game. I pre-framed the whole thing. I said, but Kellen, I'm, he's, I said, I'm telling you all these things so they're not a surprise to you, okay? So when they happen, you do not go off like you do. You don't stump the ground. You don't talk to them mainly. You don't blow at them. And you don't tell the coach you want to sit on the bench. Because he has told the coach he wants to Because he said if they're not playing, he don't want to play. I, I don't know what seven-year-old we have been given, but y'all pray for us. But we are teaching him that his response has to be of good character. I said, Kellen, listen, buddy. These things are going, you know these things are going to happen. I said, but when they do, you can't get upset. You can't let it stop you from being, from listening. Now, this is a preach. You can't let their attitudes, their distortions, their craziness, you can't let that stop you from hearing what your coach is telling you. Because his coach, both, you know, it's a husband and wife, because every, every, every time the ball goes out of bounds, they want Kellen ready to receive it. Because they know, one, Kellen is the only one that will listen. But also, they know Kellen has the skill set to take the ball to the, to the goal. And I love that. And I've told him, I said, hey, buddy, your coaches, they trust you. I said, and because they trust you, that should be enough that when all the craziness goes on, you're able to stay focused. God trusts us. He trusts us. That's why he's planted you at the job. That's why he's planted you at the senior center with the friends that you have. That's why he's planted you in this town, in this community for a, such a time as this. He trusts us. So when all the craziness is going on, when people leave us physically or emotionally or spiritually, when all these different things go on, do not let it affect our attitude and response. We still stay rooted and grounded in him. When everybody's going crazy, we stay calm. When everything is going chaotic, we stay peaceful whenever when everything is going everything we like no no lord you are my center you are my north star i rely on you i lean upon you i lean on your everlasting arms i lean on your mercy when everybody's complaining about tomorrow's just going to be another thursday we trust and know nope it's not another thursday it's a new thursday with new mercy and new grace we reframe these things we reframe our mindset. We reframe our attitudes. Why? Because Paul said that if you're going to survive, not just survive, but if you're going to thrive, if you're going to do what God has put you on this earth to do, you have to have that type of mindset. You have to know the will of God for your life. And unfortunately, because life is so busy and so dark and so chaotic, we have to reframe our mind every day. 
This is something you're going to have to do for the rest of your life. When you wake up in the morning, remind yourself, restart or refresh. Okay, when you wake up in the morning, all right, I, I, know, I, I know how my body feels, but I thank you, Lord, I can still get up and move. Lord, I know, I, Lord, I don't want to go to work. I would love to be able to sleep in, but Lord, I thank you, I have a job. Oh, I, Lord, I, Lord, I really, I, I don't want to have to cook breakfast, but, but I don't want to go anywhere else. But I thank you, Lord, I have food in the fridge. Or I got, Lord, I, I got to see this person again. But I thank you, I can see with my physical eyes instead of feeling and seeing and all that other, relying on other senses. You know, reframe it. I challenge you, when you get up in the morning, reframe the day. And watch, the day's going to go a lot better. It's going to go a lot smoother. And when people rub friction, I posted this the other day. I said, friction is just proof that you are making traction. So when you experience friction in your life, realize, oh, no, this means I'm going in the right direction. Because if I was going in the devil's direction, he wouldn't bother me. If I wasn't a problem for the devil, I, I wouldn't be experiencing these problems. But because he is terrified of the direction of you are going, he's going to rub you the wrong way. He's going to send people in your path to say the, the, the thing that's going to trip you up, that's going, to, that's going to trigger you, that's going to cause that trauma, remind you of that trauma or that drama. There's sometimes where things happen, I'm like, I'll tell Kessie, no, we ain't even entertaining it. But we need to, no, no, uh-uh, no. I ain't, we're not giving it five minutes of conversation. And some people like, Lindsay, that's demanding or controlling. No, no, no. That's me taking charge and say, hey, no, your mind is so greater because you have the mind of Christ, this doesn't deserve your time, stress, blood pressure. It don't deserve it. There's things that we entertain in our life that don't deserve our attention. Amen? There's things in your life that don't deserve your attention. I don't want you to get prideful, but when things come in your life, ask yourself, does this deserve my attention? Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't, no, I ain't going to give it a time of day. Somebody comes up with the gospel or the drama. No, no, no. No, you, you take it on somewhere. Swipe. No, take it on somewhere. I, 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 I am called to do something, and right now that, that's not entertaining my call. That's aggravating it. That's frustrating. That's delaying it. That's, push, that's, that's derailing it. I, no, no, we ain't got time for that. We ain't got time for that. Let's, let's move on. Let's, let's be purposeful. Let's be intentional. Let's, how, 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 how are we going to make God's name known in this area? I mean, like, you get, get, get intentional with your conversations with people. Well, Lindsay, you know, not everybody's like that. Okay, well, then you start surrounding yourself with some people that are like that. Amen? Michael Jordan, one of my favorite basketball players. One of my favorite basketball players. In the 80s, he never won a championship. In the 90s, he did. The difference was... The, the, the organization surrounded himself with people that were solely focused on winning a championship and nothing else. Nothing else. What has God called you in your life? Start surrounding yourself with people that talk like the, 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 the finish line that you need to be at. Amen? Amen? Reframe. When you get up in the morning, reframe. Somebody say reframe. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. God, thank you for what you've sowed into the soil of our hearts tonight. Lord, give us the bravery to reframe our life, Lord. Even when we even when we come into points of collision or friction with people, Lord, help us give us the, the tools to reframe even those encounters, even those moments to where we are not pouring uh, gasoline or anxiety or insecurities or fear or misery. But Lord, we are rising up to be the people, to be the men and women that that you have called us to be, God. I thank you, Lord. We are reframing our lives. We are reinterpreting our meanings based on your truth and your word, Lord. Show us where you are good in all things, Lord. Show us where you are good. 
Remind us that we can thank you for what didn't happen in our lives. Remind us that we can, we can still say hey, it could have been worse, but it wasn't. Thank God. But God, Lord, bless us as we go to our many destinations. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen.